My scripture this morning uh, will come from the book of Luke, chapter 8, if you have your Bibles and you want to turn along with us and read. Our scripture reading again will come from the book of Luke, chapter 8. We're going to read uh, about Jesus in this particular account. Uh, and about verse 26 uh, begins where Jesus begins to cast out the demons. Uh, and that's what I want us to look at here this morning is this account. Again, if you have your Bibles and you want to turn along with us to the book of Luke, uh, chapter 8, uh, and we'll skip down to about the uh, 28th verse is where we want to start reading at here this morning. So if you want to read along with us, verse 28 says this, When he saw Jesus, he cried out and fell down before him, and with a loud voice said, What have I to do with thee, Jesus, thou Son of God most high? I beseech thee, torment me not. For he had commanded the unclean spirit to come out of the man, for oftentimes it had caught him, and he was kept bound with chains and in fetters, and he brake the bands and was driven of the devil into the wilderness. And Jesus asked him, saying, What is thy name? And he said, Legion, because many devils were entered into him. And they besought him that he would not command them to go out into the deep. And there was there a herd of many swine feeding on the mountain. And they besought him that he would suffer them to enter into them. And he suffered them. And when the devils then went out the devils, then went the devils out of the man and entered into the swine. And the herd ran violently down a steep place into the lake and were choked. When they that fed them, saw what was done, they fled and went and told in the city and in the country. And then they went out to see what was done and came to Jesus and found a man out of whom the devils were departed. They found the one that the, the, the evil was cast out of sitting at the feet of Jesus, clothed and in his right mind. And they were afraid. This morning, I want you to think about how Christ changes us. I believe in this. I believe when you're saved, you are a different person. You have the same likes and dislikes as far as pizzas and ice creams or hobbies or all those things, but I want you to understand there is a difference in the changing that happened. Well, let's go back for just a minute. Let's look at what sin was doing to this particular person. This particular person, what we might consider, was out of their mind. For we, again, we read in the beginning about the 26th verse, backing up one more verse from what we read to you there in the 27th verse, and it says, There was a certain man which had devils a long time. Now I want you to get this vision. This man had such evil about him, it says he had on neither clothes nor abode in any house, but in the tombs. This man was what we would call a nomad. He was out of his mind and the Lord came along and this evil is going to be taken out of him. Now here's what I want you to find interesting. Is that when the Lord wants to remove this evil there, beginning in this um, 28th verse, it says, And when he saw Jesus, he cried out and fell down before him with a loud voice, What have I to do with thee, Jesus, thou Son of God? I beseech thee, torment me not. Now I want to ask you something. 
A person in the condition that this person was in. They were in such a place that didn't have a home, didn't have clothing or anything of that nature. And they want to come up and hear this very statement of, torment me not. Let me ask you this. What could be more tormenting than being in sin separated from Christ? Sure, we can probably think of a lot of things in life that would not be pleasant to experience. We could probably name a lot of things that would hurt to a person or a lot of sad situations. We talk about people in their physical state, in their mental state. We talk about their emotional states and we realize that sometimes that there's a, a, a varied level of, of people's physical health and mental health and all these things. We understand that. But I want to ask you this, is there anything of all the states of a human being, is there a worse shape to be in than being in a spiritual state of lost without God? Absolutely not. We think that this is going to be a miracle. And it is. For a person to take an evil out of a person, put it in the swine, the swine gets so possessed with the evil, they jump off the edge of a cliff into a body of water where they drowned. And the men that fed the swine, that owned the swine, said, what is going on here? I believe that there was such a change that happened to this man that it was obvious that only Christ could. For I want you to focus on that 35th verse. And it says, and when they came, they found a man. The devils were departing. He was sitting at the feet of Jesus, clothed. He was in his right mind, and they were afraid. How hypocritical it is of sin and demons and evil to say, don't bother me. For evil and sin to say, don't torment me. Folks, to me, I want to tell you this, and I ask you this. Is there anything more tormenting than sin? One of the most painful things that we ever not only experience, but we witness in this life is people that have to die, which is everybody. The Bible says when sin is finished, it brings forth death. If there's one thing we can say is the most cruel of all things, that would be sin. What is sin to you in your life? Some people are comfortable with sin. Not only do they carry sin around with them, they'll want others to experience it. They'll hold it on the, uh, the highest mountaintop and they'll shout it to all, why don't you enjoy this? But the torments of this person were not because of Christ, it was because of sin. The torments of this world are not because of bad decisions that people have made or maybe bad home lives or maybe people don't have enough money, folks. The condition that a, a sinfulness of our society is in the condition it is is because of the sinfulness that we have of our nature. But here's the thing we say again and we ask again, can Christ change us? He did me and it was many years ago at a little church. I believe that night uh, that, that God touched my heart. He changed me. I no longer was this possessed person that, that, that was not having a home or didn't even have clothes uh, upon, but it was said all of a sudden they found this one, he was clothed and he was in his right mind. You know what's really amazing? Here you've got a person that's possessed with such an evil. And then all of a sudden when the evil is cast out of this person, that all the people were worried about was not the fact that <coughs> Excuse me, not the fact that this person was better, but the fact that the swine that they were depending on in their lifestyles or their business, you would say, had been destroyed. Let me tell you this, if you want to agitate people, you start getting in their pocketbooks. If you want to agitate people, you find their way of life and you take it away. Regardless if it's at the expense of somebody getting their life changed by Christ, they were upset. 
Folks, today, that is what our world out there is worried about today. Yes, I want you to have a relationship with Jesus, but don't you affect my life. I'll tell you this, folks. I pray that we would all give up every swine, every source that we would have in our life if it meant one person getting their life changed by Christ. Which begs another question. What are you willing to part from to let somebody else in your life find out Jesus and the life He's able to change? But instead of these people being excited that this man had changed, they became afraid of him. And then they were upset the fact that their swine got possessed with evil, run and jumped off the edge of a cliff into a water and they drowned. That was their concern. Folks, we have missed the mark when we're concerned about what we've lost instead of what somebody else has gained. But you see today our world tells you it's about what you have, what you've accumulated, what you've done, what you can hold on to, what you have ties to. I thank God today that there's there are people that will say, if it takes my swine uh, jumping off the edge of a cliff for a person to have their life changed by Christ, then I thank God that that can happen to them. Think about the time in your life when you got saved. How drastically did your life change? People talk about, well, I don't know about this or that. I'll tell you this. There'll come a time where there's just something about your life that changes. All of a sudden, you're not this person that, that once were before that, that was running around with, well, he says, without a home or anywhere else. But notice what happened. This man came in contact with Jesus. And notice what it says in that 35th verse. It says, and they found whom the devils had departed, were departed, sitting at the feet of of Jesus. I love the word sitting because you know what the word sitting actually is defined as? A permanent place of abode. If you listen to our Sunday school lesson, it was all about how that we have a permanent relationship with Jesus. Folks, I want to tell you something what happened to me that March night. When I was 19 years old, I sat in that little church and God began to draw me in an altar and I got saved. You know what I got? A permanent place at the feet of Jesus. My position at that time was not there, there. Matter of fact, if you wanted to know the truth, I wanted as far away from Him as I could get. I didn't want religion. I didn't want salvation. I didn't want all of these things. But that night when God saved my soul, I want you to know something. I wanted to be at the feet of Jesus. Do you know what changed about me? No longer did I want to be separated from Christ. I wanted to be united with Christ. What about you that are saved? Did you get to that place in your life where you wanted a relationship with Jesus? For I'll tell you this, without a desire to have a relationship with Jesus you will not have a relationship with Jesus for that's what conviction is that's what that drawing is it's a desire for you to have a relationship but are you going to stop that desire and say no Lord I'm not going to listen to you and go after what you would have but we see here this one he says he was there and he was sitting you know what happened it says going back a little bit earlier it talked about how that he was roaming amongst the tombs uh, by the way, in that 27th verse, and it says, neither abode in any man's house, but in tombs. That's plural, not singular. In other words, he couldn't find a place that he would call home. He was here, and he was here, and he was here, and he was here. He comes in contact with Jesus. Now all of a sudden, he's got one place that he wants to be. At the feet of Jesus. How many of us can relate to that in our life? We're, we're here and we're here and we're here. People go here and they're looking for this and they'll try that and they'll do this. And you know what happens? Finally, when we get saved and our life gets changed by Christ, we find ourselves sitting, as He said, at the feet of Jesus. 
I don't know about you this morning, but I pray that every soul that is here, every person in your life, that they too, before this day comes to the end, that they're not just roaming from here and to here and to here. They're trying all kinds of things. People think it's, it, it, it's, it's the love of money or the, the accolades of this life or drugs and alcohols and all these things that people think that they can turn to. Folks, there is no better place than to be found sitting at the feet of Jesus. And that's exactly where this person that was possessed ended up. It said all of a sudden he was running here and there and he get to the 35th verse there and he says he was sitting at the feet of Jesus. Jesus tells us, he said, come to me all you that are heavy laden. He said, and I will give you rest. I believe that that's what Christ desires would be is that we might be able to find and experience that peace with him. The book of Isaiah, let me turn back and read if I may a couple of verses. The book of Isaiah, notice what he says in Isaiah chapter 57. And I want to read to you the 20th and the 21st verse. Isaiah chapter 57 and 21. We're talking about roaming from the tombs, how they can't find a place of, of, of settlement. You know, people say, well, I'm going to try this church or I'm going to try this place or I'll try this, this distraction. We try all these things, but we just can't find a place we're comfortable. Let me ask you, for those of you that are saved, are you comfortable at the feet of Jesus? Oh, folks, there's no place any better. There's no place any greater than being at the feet of Jesus. And notice what he said, but the wicked are like the troubled sea when it cannot rest, whose waters cast up mire and dirt. There is no peace saith my God to the wicked. Do you know what evil and sinfulness does? Sinfulness will go over here and it'll try this and all of a sudden it'll satisfy for a little while, but it doesn't take it away. So then they move over here and they begin to migrate to something else. They'll try this out and all of a sudden it doesn't satisfy. And then all of a sudden they say, well, if that's not going to satisfy, let's go try this out for a little bit. And they try all these things and all these activities and, and people and things. And they're looking for all these things. And none of them give permanent satisfaction. I'll tell you this, Jesus will give you eternal satisfaction. You see, what you're longing for is not just something to get you by for a day or a week or a month or a year, folks. You're looking for something to get you by eternally. And that's what the blood of Jesus will do. When I say that Christ will change you, He's not making you a better person for a week or two. If we could come in here every Sunday and say, okay, let's have a good week this week. You're, you're going to belong to God for a week, folks. He can make you good every week. He makes you good every month. He makes you good every year of our life that we're here where the weeks experience these things because we have been changed by him and I know I love this verse where it says that he came and he was sitting uh, at the feet of Jesus do you think he was not just found at the feet of Jesus he was sitting at the feet of Jesus why he found rest he found comfort and he found contentment do you think this one that was once possessed had found all of a sudden peace that he couldn't find anywhere else the Bible doesn't say that he, he once had these, these demons and then all of a sudden he got rid of them and they came back again. This was something he was battling all his life. Do you know something we all battle from the day we're born? Let's rewind that a little bit further. You know something we all battle from the moment we are conceived is the very fact of sin. We all have that battle. And it's, 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 it's interesting that some seem like they battle more than others and, and some are more public and some are more private. Some are larger, some are greater. But we all fall under the umbrella of battling against sin. But you know what? When God saves your soul, He will change you. 
He changed this one that was there and all of a sudden it said he came and he was sitting at the feet of Jesus. I hope you all know that there's nothing more comfortable, I guess we'd say more relaxing than to be as this one was, that he was sitting at the feet of Jesus. A little different than what we read there in that 28th verse, isn't it? 28th verse says he couldn't find a home. 28th verse said there he was roaming around uh, and he says, uh, when Jesus cried out and fell down before him with a loud voice, he said, what have I to do with thee, Jesus, thou son of God most high? In other words, at first he was like, get away from me. And now, here in this 35th verse, he's saying, here I am. You see, when he got in contact with Jesus and his life changed, that all of a sudden it says that he was sitting at the feet of Jesus. Do you think that getting saved in your life changed by Christ, do you think that it will change you to your desires of what you want to do? Yes. And here's what I say. 28th verse, he said, Lord, get away from me. 35th verse, he says, I think I want to go right here and I don't want to go anywhere else. I can relate to the time in my life when God saved my soul that I did not want to go anywhere else outside of the feet of Jesus. Now, do I have to go back out in this world? Yes. What would it be like? And I want to play a very hypothetical. What would it be like here if you got saved in a church house or you're here in a church house and you had to go out there and you had to leave Jesus behind and say, well, uh, thank you for the pep talk and the strengthening. I'm ready to go. And, and you had to face the wicked world without him. Folks, thanks be unto God. That's not what happens. When we leave here, when we get saved, we will always be sitting at the feet of Jesus. Aren't you thankful to know this morning that no matter what circumstance faces you today or tomorrow or any other day that you've had in your life, that you can still be sitting at the feet of Jesus? Is there anything that comes along and will lure you away from Christ? Is there anything any greater, any more powerful than experiencing these things? For notice what happened here. And he says, all of a sudden then he says, he was sitting at the feet of Jesus. I believe that he was a new creature. Paul said over in the book of 2 Corinthians, I believe it is, chapter 5, and in verse 17, I believe it is. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. You know what a new creature is right there, don't you? It says that if they are a new creature, that means it's something that's unworn or unused. You know, I've learned something about even clothing. You can have two identical shirts. One person wears it for a month, another one's sitting there new. One's used and one's new. You know what? God's not giving you something that somebody else has used and they wanted to trade it off for something else. He gives you your own personal experience that you get to have all the days of your life. You know what else I'm thankful for? God's not going to give you something that's going to wear out. God's not going to give you something that's going to break. God's not going to give you what we might call a lemon. You know what a lemon is, don't you? It's just going to fall apart every time you use it, folks. When God saves you, He's going to give you something that's good for every circumstance you face. Preacher, that just sounds too good to be true. And I was raised to believe if it sounds too good to be true, then it is too good to be true, folks. Salvation is not like any other worldly circumstance you'll ever face. It is something true. It is something that you can believe in. When you get saved, you always have that at your disposal to use. You're always sitting at the feet of Jesus. Sometimes the old world makes you want to run from Jesus. 
That one you're bowing at, the one that you're sitting at, you're so peaceful with, look what he allowed to happen. But you know what? We have to realize and trust God controls all things. We have to believe in these things. And he says, if any man, he says, uh, be in Christ, he said, he is a new creature. He said, old things. Old things. I like the definition that the Greek uses for things. Not just items, but old times. How many of us have ever talked about, quote, the good old days? Or maybe something in the past. You know what, today, folks, I, I, I pray that we would realize is that who we once were before we were saved, that's all under the blood of Jesus. You know, I, I can't tell you how many times I say, I just sometimes remember how you used to be. And I want to say, but that's not who I am. When God saved me, He changed me. Well, I can remember this and I can remember that. Thanks be unto God that when the blood covers that, folks, those things are forgiven. And yes, there's things in our life that, that, that we all have reminders of. But here's what I want you to know. When God saves you, He changes you. This one went from roaming around the cemeteries to finding a feet at the feet of Jesus. Do you know what that is? Instead of experiencing death, He found life. That's exactly what happens when you get to know Jesus and He changes you. Instead of your life being surrounded by, by death and half empty, He reminds you of life. For if you're here and you're saved... If you are here this morning and you're saved and somebody in your life takes their last breath and they too are saved, do you believe that's the end? No. Why? Because instead of being surrounded by death, we believe in life. We believe that there is a, 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 the ultimate price that we have to pay for sin and that is death. But folks, we experience life. To such a drastic extent, this one went uh, not just from old times and old, old things to something that's new. No longer we focused on what's wrong. Now we get to focus on what's right in our life. One of my concerns and now, as I would say, closing out, not too far away from closing out the year 2021, is people focus way, way, a lot of energy on what's wrong. Jesus said, as long as I'm in the world, I'm the light of the world. And I don't know about you folks, but that is my reason for going every day. He is still on the throne. He can change people. He changed a person that these people thought there's no way he could be changed. He can change them. He could change them. It says he came to him. He says he, he, he took the demons and he cast them out. And he said, instead of just casting away, uh, he said they began to cast upon the swine. And could you imagine by being possessed with such an evil that it took the swine and all of a sudden they begin to run off a cliff? That's exactly what happened. And we see here that he says, now instead of him experiencing this, it says he was sitting at the feet of Jesus. But there's a comma. There's a condition by his position. His position is at the feet of Jesus. But what condition was he in? First of all, he was clothed. The scriptures teach us so often that your outer attire symboled what you were going through. For example, we a lot of times want to relate black as far as something that's mourning. That's kind of a, the attire matches that. A lot of times I can tell you if I go somewhere and I've got a shirt and tie or, or even a coat on, somebody will automatically, presumably say, you've been to church? 
It's like your attire reflects your life. And we see all of a sudden that this one, that, that, that now instead of not having the protection of Christ, it said all of a sudden he was clothed. Isaiah, let me turn back and read again. If you marked it, that's fine if you didn't understand. Isaiah 61. The very first verse, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because the Lord hath anointed me to preach the gospel unto the meek. You know, sometimes we want to go to the clothed and preached. He says, we want a lot of times go to the healthy and to preach. Sometimes you got to go to the opposite of that. He hath sent me to bind up the brokenhearted. Sometimes he said, you got to go to proclaim liberty to the captives. We that are free, we, want, we that are clothed, we want to a lot of times associate just with those that are like we are. Folks, they're sinful people that need us. There's sinners out there that need to know about Jesus. Sometime, he said, we got to go to the opening of the prison to them that are bound. Semicolon, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord, the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all that mourn. To appoint unto them that mourn in Zion, to give unto them beauty for ashes. What do we need to tell a lost world? Well, what you're doing is awfully fun. Let me see if I can join in. He said, no, we tell them, if you want the evil cast out of you, why don't you come meet Jesus? He'll take it away from you. He'll give you something else. He said, to give them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Let me ask you that are saved this. When you came to Christ and you got saved, what did you give him? Now, you don't have to name me every little thing you gave him or how you felt. I, I, I love to hear your testimonies. I'm not saying you can't testify. But I want to ask you this. What did you, did you give to Jesus? Then what does he give you back? You want to talk about your life being better for having known somebody? Not only is your life going to be better for knowing Jesus, but your death and your eternal status is going to be far greater for knowing Jesus than not knowing Jesus. Has your life been changed by Christ or are you just living this life not worried whatsoever about your relationship? May we be concerned. May we see that, that if we give Him this, what He is going to give us in return, that we too might be like this one that finally was sitting at the feet of Jesus and look at His conditions and He was clothed. But I want to tell you this. I love the notation of this and I'm going to hush in just a little bit. I love the notation of this. They thought he was not in his right mind. But there is documentation and there is evidence they knew he was in his right mind. Let me see if I can make this a little bit different for you. Sometimes people do things and then they automatically say, well, they didn't know no better. This is not a situation where a person lost their mind. He was at the feet of Jesus because he didn't know no better. He was at the feet of Jesus because he fully understood where he needed to be. Folks, he wasn't there by chance. He was there by choice. I pray today that we all would be at the feet of Jesus. Not because somebody says, well, they don't know no better. They're just going to get up and go to church. 
I want to tell you something. I know better. There's things I can do and I know I, I'm fully aware there's a lot of things that you all could be doing today but you have chosen with your choice you have made to come and to be here and to be at the feet of Jesus. Why? Because He clothed you. He changed you. He gave you something that you did not have in your life. And if you're here this morning and you've never been saved, I want you to understand, we're not here today just to say, well, I've done what I should do for the week. We're here today because we met the one that changed us. And we pray that He would change you too. You may be that one that's wandering around from tomb to tomb. You may be wandering around and clothed upon. And all of a sudden, this one, he got his mind back. He got clothed upon. And there he was sitting at the feet of Jesus he was a he was as somber and sober person you could meet he was in his right mind everything was about him for he says and he was and his right mind it said and the people excuse me and they were afraid what caused the man to act foolish it wasn't Christ it was sin Folks, today Christ doesn't act foolish. His Spirit's what makes us act right. You know today there's a lot of, I guess for lack of word, there's a lot of foolishness that's going on. Christ does not make us go against His will. That's what sin will do. This person before he met Christ, that's why he was in the condition he was in. But after he got to know Jesus and his life was changed, Notice how obvious it was. For it says, And they were afraid. This man was acting as rational as rational could possibly be. And it's because he met Jesus. It's the only logical place that a person would be changed to the nature and the drastic uh, sense that this person was changed that he would be sitting at the feet of Jesus. Folks, I pray that our church houses would keep getting filled full of people that it is only logical that they come to the place and worship the one that changed their life. So I want to ask you this morning, has the Lord changed your life? Oh, folks, today I can't tell you how many times I go back to that night in my life when He changed me. I felt like this person that was roaming around. I felt like this person that people said, I, I don't worry about Him. There's no hope for Him. Look at the shape He's in. But Christ came into my life and He changed me. So, folks, today you want to talk about cleaning a person's life up. That's exactly what He'll do. This morning, are you in that situation where you need changing? I pray that if this is the day and God's calling to you, that you realize that Christ does change us and He can change you. I'm going to be the, I'm going to rise this morning and I'm going to tell you, Christ changed me. I haven't always done what I should. I haven't always said the right things. But I'll tell you this, He changed me. For those of you that are here this morning, you've never been saved. I pray that this is the day that you would get changed. I want us to uh, get a song if we could this morning.